Okay, here we are once again, Missionary Enterprises, Missionary Aid International. We are once again in association with um, the brother Bujiri Pentecostal Church and at Bukuli College in Bujiri, Uganda, Africa. And uh, this teaching actually turned out really good, even though the atmosphere wasn't the best where, um, where I was actually teaching. And the reason for that is because the, 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 the guy that I was working with who had printed the notes had printed the wrong notes. So the students did, have not, did not have the right notes to follow, believe it or not. So, but the teaching was very good. And I look forward to actually making a video today out of this regarding the exact notes that I did for them on that day. And of course, the, the added notes. So let's get into this right now. This is called, actually called, well, actually, um, the brother had asked me to do a teaching either on faith or the heart. So what came to me was to make a teaching on the faith of God and the heart of man or the heart of mankind. So here, let's start with the introduction here. Uh, before we get started, I just want to say this. Every human being, got to get this, every human being upon this planet that has ever lived and will ever live believes something, whether it's the right things or the wrong things. That is so powerful. And this is why the world, as well as the church, is so messed up and has been since the fall of man. Now, the world, not the church since the fall of man, because the church did not exist back then. But that's why the world is so messed up, is because we don't believe what God believes, all right? So, uh, whether you are a sinner or a saint, you have a specific, you have specific beliefs that are or go contrary to what God believes, which is why the world is full of different kinds of faiths. There's all kinds of faiths out there. Like people say, there's so many denominations in the church. Yeah, and there's so many kinds of faiths out there in the world, like the Jewish faith, the Muslim faith, the Christian faith, and so many other faiths and beliefs out there based upon different books based upon different literature all right that's we we are inundated with this stuff and the same principle applies to the church and all of its denominations branches camps even when it comes to the atheist and non-believers they believe something they all believe something uh, they believe they are fully persuaded that god does not exist uh, because God is invisible. And then we have so-called believers that don't believe in the God of the Bible, believe in another God of some other book, right? They're called believers, but not believers in the Bible, but some other book, right? And even within the church, we have so many who don't believe that Jesus does miracles today, etc. The list is endless. Like we got cessations in the church. They don't believe in this. They don't believe in that. We don't believe in this. We don't believe in that. Wow. But they're believers, right? So we got to fix that. So one of the greatest benefits and privileges for those of us who are truly born of God is to believe in our hearts what God believes and no longer believe what the world believes about God. It's huge. This is a huge, huge, huge benefit to being born again. We need to remind ourselves at times that we once were unbelievers. When we're, we're not yet born again, born of God, yet in this world as well as of this world, still in union with the first Adam and his race. Those who are still in union with the first Adam do not believe in God. They're called atheists, they're called heathens, they're called pagans, 
Uh, but once man believes in his heart what God believes, this is when and where all things become possible, starting with their salvation, their recreation, their redemption of man's spirit. And that opens up the doors to all kinds of other benefits regarding benefits, rights, and privileges of those who are in union uh, with the second Adam, those who are in Christ, those who are part of this new creation. I wrote here, mankind or man was created by God with a heart. God created the heart <laughs> to believe something and in someone. This is part of our DNA. This is part of our makeup. We can't get away from this, all right? You cannot get rid of this operation or faculty called faith or belief because it is inbred and interwoven in our very fabric of existence. Wow right from the beginning of time and right from the moment you're conceived actually in the womb believe it or not <laughs> no pun intended this is all to be found in the soul of man regarding the mind the will desires emotions the intellect and this is what we'll be looking at today all right so even from the womb that's where a lot of the baby the, the yeah it's a baby he's not born yet but there's a there's a there's a human being in there being formed and shaped and believe it or not, their soul is in there and they're picking stuff up. They're picking stuff up from the outside. Oh yeah, they can hear mom and dad uh, loving each other or screaming at each other or uh, they hear it. And the music and all that stuff, they, they it picks it up, all right? Not in the same way as when you're outside the womb, but they pick it up. All of this has to do with the heart of man and this is what we need to change via the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit, because if people believe the wrong things when they die, they will end up going in the wrong place instead of the right place. Beliefs have consequences, all right? So here, here's the, the humdinger here. Christians believe in things and believe in someone that are and is very different from many other, other people, other faiths, and that's because they themselves believe in things that are contrary to the Holy Bible. So you got a believer, you got a Christian, and you got a non-Christian, all right? Well, the Christian, well, uh, I mean, a true Christian, I mean, he's going to believe the Bible, all right? That's his book of beliefs, all right? That's where he gets his beliefs from, all right? Then you've got the non-Christian. He doesn't believe in the Bible. He believes other things. He believes what he's been taught, secular uh, education. He believes in what he reads on the news. He believes what people have said about certain things right that go contrary to what god says that so we are getting our information from two different sources all right so it's huge and that's why you know even with the media i mean who i mean the, the lord told me this a few years ago the church needs to be the media no kidding you know the new creation the body of christ we need to own the media on this planet because we've got the good news we got the truth there was actually a time in my life called bc days where and when I did not believe what I now believe, even when it comes to the things I teach today. Uh, I was on my way to hell in a handbasket, but the moment I got saved, I changed beliefs, changed direction, no longer going to hell, but bound for heaven on the glory train, or I call it the glory jet, all right? If you do a thorough study on the word heart, because we're going to be looking at the heart today, in the Holy Bible, you'll soon discover that it is used or mentioned 826 times according to the King James, KJV, according to Strong's Concordance, 
God created the human heart for himself and no one else because the word heart carries the idea of core or center, right? Like the center of a city, the core of a city, the core subject, right? It's used metaphorically. So the original word is cardia, a definition of heart, the heart, the mind, the character, the inner self, the will, the intention, the center, all right? So the heart, all right? Let's go look at this right now. Uh, today, we have these terms. In the medical field, we have the word cardio, cardiogram, cardiologist, cardiovascular, cardiovascular disease, cardiovascular system, cardio exercises, all right? So note that we have many words and instances where we have Greek words today that originally come from the Greek Testament, believe it or not, yes, vocabulary, and most people are totally ignorant of this. And I began to discover this years ago. Oh my goodness, I think it was about at least 10, 15 years ago when I was really getting into the Greek and the Hebrew. And I realized, I said, there's some Greek words here that are, the when you transliterate them, it's like the word Georgios, believe it or not. You got the word Georgios uh, in the Bible, in the New Testament, and we got the word George today. And that's my middle name, I was my papa's name. And it literally means, it translated farmer in the English in some translations, go figure, all right? So God also has a heart, and in his heart is to have his beliefs in man's heart, found in the Holy Bible, the Holy Book, since man was created in God's image and likeness so that man could believe what and how God believes. All right, that's the whole point of God having given man a heart and a mind, of course, it's all part of it. If you want to know what God believes, you will need to get into the Holy Bible like never before. God created the human heart for himself and no one else, yet all of this drastically changed, changed for the worse, yeah, and some, when man fell flat on his face back in Genesis 3, which is why we have verses regarding the effects of the fall. And that's what we're going to look at now. We're going to look at specific verses with little notes. So let's start with Psalm 14.1. This is huge. The empty, this is the Amplified, the empty-headed fool, or the fool, has said in his heart, there is no God, or actually the Hebrews, there's no sign of a God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable things, deeds. There's none that does good or right. That's right. That's what you get from an atheist. That's what you get from an atheist who's described as a fool. Those who do not believe in God's existence, he, God, calls them fools. All right? And so do I because at one time I myself was one of them. Absolutely. I'm the first one to admit I was a big fool before I got saved. And actually, I was somewhat of a fool after I got saved because of the old man. But we're getting rid of that foolish side of me. Next one is Jeremiah 17.9 in context with the fall of man. The heart is deceitful above all things, and it is exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely morally sick. Absolutely. Look at the world. What's happening in the world today? Who can know it? Who can know the, the heart, perceive, understand, and be acquainted with his own heart and mind? The reason the heart of no, the reason the heart of man is so deceitful and evil above everything else is because 
the heart does not believe what God believes. This is a descriptive reference to the heart of man apart from God based upon the fall of man. Very serious stuff, all right? So the heart that does not believe in its own creator, it's got to be sick. It is sick, all right? Next one is 2 Corinthians 4, 4. For the God of this world, the devil, has blinded the unbelievers' minds, has to do with the heart, that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image and likeness of God. Note, the mind is part of the soul, which is part of the heart. The heart of man is made up of the spirit and the soul of man. Next one is Ephesians 2, 2 and 3. Let's start with verse 2. Uh, in which at one time you walked habitually, you were following the course and fashion of this world under the sway of the tendency and present of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience. Imagine that. The careless, the rebellious, the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. We're all there, right? That's what it says, in which at one time you walked. Note, this is the condition of man since and because of the fall of man. This is referring to man no longer in union with God, being still in union with the first Adam instead of being in union with the second Adam. This is the consequence of the fall of man, Genesis 3. This is what you get from or for eating from the forbidden tree. This is what we got. That's what he said, right? When you eat of this tree, you will die, dead in your trespass. All connected together, right? Verse 3, among these we, as well as you, once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by our corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginings. Not good or the word imagine carries the idea of imagination. Uh, we are then by nature children of God's wrath and heirs of his indignation like the rest of mankind. Note, this is the condition of the human heart without God. Ephesians 2.12, right? Uh, regarding without God, it's the word atheos. The mind is part of the heart. The word heart is used metaphorically to describe the human spirit and soul of man. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, spirit, soul, and body. The spirit and soul of man is the center, the core of man. All right, so now let's look at some key verses regarding the human heart and what God has to say about it. A little bit different here. Let's go with Proverbs 4.23. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of your heart flow the issues of life, out of the spirit and out of the soul. No kidding. Note, we are commanded to protect our hearts because it is with the heart that we believe. If you don't guard your heart, you will end up believing wrong instead of believing right, ending up going in the wrong direction, a wrong place when you die. There are consequences to what you believe. The devil also wants to govern your heart, which is why we need to guard it. So imagine an unbelieving, a non-believer. Imagine that. Christians have to guard their hearts. All right? So imagine the unbeliever. My goodness, it's almost like there's no hope for the guy, you know, but there is hope for them, right? 
Uh, let's move on to Acts 5.3 regarding the heart. Uh, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? Wow, a Christian, that you should lie to an attempt to deceive the Holy Spirit and should, in violation of your promise, withdraw secretly and appropriate to your own use part of the price from the sale of the land. All right, so Ananias was a believer. He was a believer. Maybe he wasn't a strong believer. Maybe he was a newborn believer. I'm not sure, but he was a believer. Yet the devil was able to fill his heart, meaning even Christians can come under the influence of Satan himself, which is why we need to guard our hearts. Guard your heart. That'd make a great song, wouldn't it? That probably is out there. Mark 5, Mark 4, 15, and then 19. 15, the ones that along the path are those who have the word sown in their hearts, but when they hear, Satan comes at once and by force takes away the message which is sown in their heart. Note, Satan is after the word. All right, verse 19. Then the cares and anxieties of the world, distractions of the age, uh, the pleasure and delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches, and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in your heart and choke and suffocate the word in your heart, and it becomes fruitless, all right? Suffocate to kill. When you suffocate something or someone, usually it's to kill that person, all right? Choking, right? That's what the word here, amplified, has the word choking. Another reason why we need to guard, another reason why we need to guard our hearts in order to make sure we've got the right things entering or creeping in and not the wrong things. We're surrounded by error instead of truth. All right, everywhere you go, I tell you, grocery stores, gas stations, malls, shopping malls, downtown areas, I tell you, you're not gonna have, I mean, maybe some nations, some, but over here, You'll never have scripture verses on bulletin boards or, you know, whatever. You just won't. It's all this other stuff, you know, that really, it's not all bad. It's not, it's not like it's evil, but it's not, it's not what we need to get in our hearts. All right. So I'm just going to do this here. All right. Romans 10, 6. But the righteousness based on faith imputed by God and bringing right relationship with him says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down. So there you go. The heart is the part of us where we have what I call inward conversations. So we need to make sure that we're saying the right things with the word instead of the wrong things in our hearts. I got free from that quite a few years ago. Uh, I would just, even at work, even while praying in tongues, I would be replaying conversations that I had with an individual or uh, whether a male or female, a Christian, and sometimes the, the conversations weren't the best. And I would replay those conversations in my heart instead of, you know, sang the word in my heart. And then that's when the Lord really really began to deal with me in 2007 about speaking his word, saying his word in my heart, meditating it to renew my mind, to transform my soul. Romans 10.10, for with the heart a person believes. That's what I've been saying. Faith, 
uh, in the heart, the faith of God in the heart of man, believes and so is justified, and with the mouth he confesses and speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. The heart is the part of us that believes what is wrong as well as what is right. And that's something else that we have as believers. Once you become born again, you can have areas in your heart that you believe right, but at the same time, because you've not renewed this other part in your in your life, your heart, regarding theology, doctrine, you have wrong beliefs. That's why you got preachers that say within a same sentence or a same, you know, paragraph, whatever, they can say something that is true, and then they can say something that is not true because of the lack of fully being transformed into his image in their soul. The heart is the part of us that also doubts. According to Mark 11, 23, truly I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. He shall have whatsoever he says. Wow. Note, in this verse, we have the word heart as well as the word doubt, including the word believe. It's all in there, folks. Wow. We are called to be believers and not doubters or unbelievers or even wrong believers, all right? Therefore, out with the doubt, out with the unbelief, out with the, uh, the wrong believing. God cannot work with doubt, but with faith. In the same way that God can't work with unbelief, he cannot work with wrong believing, God cannot work with doubt or even little faith, all right? Matthew 15, 19 and 20, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, reasonings and disputings and designs such as murder, adultery, sexual vice, theft, false witnessing, slander, and irreverent speech. 20. These are what makes a man or woman unclean and defile them, but eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean or defile him. Doesn't mean don't wash your hands, just saying that it's what's in the heart that defiles a man or woman, back to what we first read in Jeremiah 17, 9, and this is why we need to put the right things in our hearts and keep them in there. Because, you know, even once you get the right things inside of you, you know what? It's not that hard to get them outside of you by getting the wrong things inside of you. Once you've sown the Word, then you start sowing bad seeds. It's, you know what? You're going to choke the Word like we just read in Mark 4, right? The parable of the sower. Let's go to Luke 4. Luke 4, uh, I'm just going to put a little line here. Luke 4, Luke 6, 44, sorry. For each tree is known and identified by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor is a cluster of grapes picked from a bramble bush. So note here, you will know people by their fruit. You may not know it right away because some people are really good at being hypocrites, but eventually it'll come out. The fruit will come out. They're true colors as they say, will come out of them. For 45, the upright, uh, the upright man out of the good treasure in his heart produces what is upright, and the evil man out of the evil storehouse brings forth that which is depraved. For out of the abundance, the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can't get away from this. Not every time, but many times. Note, you can know what is inside the heart of a person 
by what you hear coming out of their mouth in abundance, habitually. You will never know anything, everything that God knows, that's for sure about the person, but you sure can know much if you'll pay attention uh, to what comes out of their mouth in abundance. Your mouth is the number one revealer of your heart for us anyhow, not for God, but for us. Let's go to 1 Samuel. This is a great one. 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Look not on his appearance or at the height of his stature, for I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. All right? So far too many people, including Christians, get all caught up with the world and how certain people dress up, including cosmetics. That's where you get the word cosmos, right? The Greek word for the word world. There's nothing wrong with having nice things, nice clothes, nice shoes, nice watch, <clears throat> nice haircut like me. Uh, but these things should never define you regarding your personality, meaning your outward appearance should never define who and what you are inwardly all right the hollywood entertainment industry <coughs> is really bad for this first and foremost god looks at the heart let's get that straight all right let's go to hebrews 4 uh 12 and 13 let's start with verse 12 for the word of god is living active and full of power uh it is sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit and of both joints and marrow, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Of the heart. Note, like I said, spirit and soul of man is the heart of man. And that's what God looks at. 13. And not a creature exists that is concealed from God's sight, but all things are open, exposed, and revealed to the eyes of him with whom we have to give an account. All right, so this was given in context with verse 12 regarding the heart, the motives of the heart. The heart of man, saved or not, is the faculty where we believe, we doubt, we don't believe, we believe wrong, but also where our motives, our thoughts, our desires, our intentions are to be found. You can do all kinds of good things, yet for the wrong reasons, just to be seen by those around you in the same way the Pharisees did, yet Jesus called them, what did he call them? He called them hypocrites. And much more. Yeah, he called them a whole lot more than hypocrites. The motives of the heart, and this is will be a big part of the coming judgment. Alright? There is a great battle that is raging and has been raging for centuries and even millenniums for the heart of man, saved and unsaved alike, between God and the God of this world. It's a continual battle for the heart of man. Whoever or whatever owns your heart will end up controlling you, controlling your heart, having the dominion and control over you because your heart is your core. Final thoughts. Some or even many say that God's word or the word of God is man's word or the, man, the word of God. No, 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 wrong, wrong, wrong. God gave us his word, the Holy Bible, so that we can know, not only know, what God knows, but also to believe what God believes about certain things. Like what? 
like himself, number one, himself, the Godhead, number two, creation of the universe, creation of the planet Earth, creation of mankind, uh, mankind, human race, unsaved, unsaved alike, salvation, redemption, heaven and hell, eternity, invisible realm, the two great judgments, great, uh, great white throne judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, and so much more. All right, it's all in there. It's all in the book. It's all in the book. I don't have one with me. Nope. All right. So God puts value on the heart of man above everything else. Therefore, so must we. All right. So walk. As I finish all my videos, I encourage all of you to learn what it takes to walk in the fullness of your sonship by learning to what it takes to walk in the fullness of the grace of God and of the faith of God, because it's faith that gives access to the grace of God. Shalom and amen.